This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Trey Taylor. Trey or Trey? I'm going to go with Trey Taylor. Brian Fanoof, Mark Harris. Darius Lau. Melanie Naselrod. Joshua Matthew. Logan King. Melon, Michelle, Michelle Rentner, thank you. Guillaume Berube, that I can say, Michelle, I cannot. MyTrunks.com. Ross Mandin, Stephen Gilbert. Richard Newton. Matthew Curzis, Devin Pellick. Richard Polfer, Polfer. Michael Feiweger, Raymond Caridis, Terry Keller. Christina Craighead, Edwin Adelsberger, Royce McWee Third, Nele Perry, Russell Cat, and Cody Dixon. Fine and faithful spoiler rights all, and we'd love to have your name join them in the ranks of spoilerosity, meaning a future major spoilers production could go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this Issue! It was the world's strangest accident. While testing a new rocket ship, our heroes were bombarded by mysterious cosmic rays from outer space. Though they crash-landed safely, the strange and powerful rays had changed each of them, transforming their leader, Stephen, into the plastic-skinned Mr. Spoiler-tastic, Matthew into the now-you-see-him-now-you-don't-invisible-geek, and Rodrigo into the mighty muscled powerhouse called The Thing. Now, together with Zacky the Robot, the newest member of the group, they've become the greatest team of heroes the world has ever known. And the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air! Welcome to issue 559 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Man, we're about to hit a milestone issue here on our show. Thank you for downloading, and thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of this experience. We love each and every one of you. And uh, really, thank you for sharing this show with a friend or spreading the word or whatever you do to spread the uh, spread the news about major spoilers. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do week after we week do? after week. Uh, I'm going to make it an early prediction. Much. I'm going to make an early prediction for 2014. Okay. Uh, this is going to be the year where we're going to see more people wearing Doc Martens at uh, comic book conventions than we're going to see <laughs> people wearing knitted scarves. It's just a prediction. Hmm. Just a prediction. You think so? Yes. Let's get to some news. So, big casting news this past week. Batman and Superman casting news. We already know about uh, Gal Gadot, and Mm -hmm. uh, we know about Superman. We know about Batman. And now we get word that Lex Luthor and Alfred have been cast in the upcoming movie. Comes out in 2016. Uh, For Alfred, we've got Jeremy Irons. I don't think it's a bad casting call. I just, um, (laughs) I don't know. Scar. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, and... He I mean, is. He, he, he's like seventy now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm get up there. Yeah. And he has that thing that he does when he talks. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's an interesting choice for him, I suppose. The um, most interesting part about that is the fact that Alfred is in this, which implies to me that we're going to see something about Batman's bat. Life outside well, of just being a Batman versus Superman fight. Yeah, one of the early rumors mm-hmm. about uh, Wonder Woman's appearance was that she was uh, listed as only as Diana and that mm-hmm. she was working at Wayne uh, Enterprises. And so mm-hmm. it seems like we might see more of Batman outside the suit than in the suit, uh, mm-hmm. except for Final yeah. Act, of course. Um, sure. So it would make sense that we see Alfred at least at some point. And even if Batman and Superman are kicking the crap out of each other, at some point Batman's going to need to be sewn up. 
And you're going to need your faithful butler to do that because you can't go down to the uh, general hospital without uh, <laughs> having to fill out a whole lot of forms. General hospital. So, so it seems like general everybody's hospital. it seems like everybody's okay with Jeremy Irons. The one that though has got everyone shaken up, shooken up, shook shook up. All shook up. Uh-huh. Is yeah. uh, Jesse Eisenberg? You know him as the Mark Zuckerberg character from the Social Network has been cast to play Lex Luthor. Well, I actually know him. As the lead character of Zombieland. Zombieland. Yep, a lot of people know him from Zombieland. Uh, what's the other one that he did recently? The uh, uh, Catch Us If You Can't. Not Catch Us If You Can. It's the uh, Magic uh, One. Now You See Me. Now, see now me. You See Me. That's it. Rodrigo, what yeah. do you think of this uh, Jesse Eisenberg news? Um, I think he'd make a better Brainiac. True. But, but I'm fine with it. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. Because um, when you take a step back from the Superman-Lex Luthor dichotomy, you start seeing a lot of things that point to Lex Luthor actually being right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's like he's a human who's worried about this all-powerful alien and how people like blindly follow him. And there's a lot of stuff that says that, that kind of, you know, if you're not reading the comics in which Lex Luthor wants to like, I don't know, make a machine that makes it snow at the beach. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hey, that was a good comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if he's not trying some, like, crazy harebrained plan, his philosophy actually makes a lot of sense. My concern about this cast, this casting, is that um, he appears to be, he might not be, but he appears to be significantly younger than Superman. So it's like, on top of that, you have this, like, young, relatively good-looking kid who on top of all that stuff is kind of philosophically right about Superman's place in the universe. I'm, I'm worried that they're not going to be able to write this so, so as to not make you think, Oh yeah, actually they should, they should just kill Superman. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just a point of comparison, Henry Cavill and Jesse Eisenberg are exactly the same age. They're both 30 yep. years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg just looks so much younger. Yeah, he does. He looks well in, in some of his roles. Young. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at a picture of him in a tux. I think he True. just looks young. <laughs> well, I yeah. think people are like, well, I don't like think Elijah he's Wood. Elijah Wood is yeah. 45 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's mind blowing. I think a lot of people look at this and go, oh, he's too young and he doesn't look menacing enough. Yet I've seen him in bits oh, no, and no, no. pieces where he can turn on the evil and I think he can turn off the evil. And I think he can be as yeah. serious as he wants to be in a somewhat aloof way. And I think the biggest problem is if you think about um, who the big, rich people are today, mm-hmm. those that are in science, those are that are that are in um, technology, they are the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. And yeah. so I can see saying, OK, we want to model Lex Luthor after this type of person. I think where the problem lies is that. Eisenberg has already played Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> before. And, and they, so, they got it too on. They got it too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, there could be, I mean, if that's the direction that they go with Lex Luthor as this tech savvy um, social media, social guy. media mm-hmm. type guy. I mean, he's, a, you know, sure he face. diversifies. But if you look at Google, Google's all over the place. Sure. Uh, uh, Luther, Luther uh, what is it? LexCorp is all over the place as well. Um, you know, I... Do I want to see him bald? Not necessarily. Um, but I think this is an interesting choice. Really interesting choice. Yeah, it's certainly a, a choice that's I caught a lot of people off guard. 
And I would be interested to see uh, if if they're going that tech route, what that means for Lex and Bruce teaming up with Flex Corp and Wayne Enterprises. That's true, see too. If that, that, that relationship comes into the movie. Another uh, well, little then, rumor that's been floated around is that the other big bad in this movie uh, may not be Brainiac, but it might be Metallo or Metallo or however you're going to pronounce his Meta- name. Metallo. That's how I do it. I've heard some people say Metallo, but whatever. Well, um, there are people there are people who say Magneto, too. Metalogues yes, are, are, are a great source of iron. <laughs> oh, my lower intestine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, if that's the route they went, then that would kind of align with um, the casting. What were you going to say, Matthew? I think you're, you're, there, are, there are two lines of thought on this. And the one argument that I bumped into on the Internet that, that I, I just just loved the argument that I bumped into on the Internet had to do with uh, basically Jesse Eisenberg and what the last name Eisenberg might mean for a character. And what it broke down to was that Lex Luthor isn't Jewish. And I'm like, okay, let's take a step back from that crap. But more importantly, and I think you and I had a brief discussion about this, is people's expectations right, right, right. Yeah. of Lex Luthor don't take into account. There have been a lot of iterations if you look Since at the iter- 1940 of, of what Luthor you know, is and right does. in the comic books in media, though, since 78, we have seen Gene Hackman. We've seen right. Kevin Spacey and yeah. we've seen Michael Rosenbaum on uh, Smallville. Yeah. And but what's we've his also face had, on Lois and Clark? Oh, uh, yeah. But man, do people still remember that and think that as a, as a casting? I, I um <laughs> But the but I, I just said but it. then the, but then here's the other thing. People also think of big baritone voice because the people that are probably complaining the most are within the probably twenty to thirty five range who grew up watching Superman the animated series with the big baritone voice and the tall stature um, of Clancy Brown in that series. And so I think when people hear Lex Luthor, um, Kev, you know Kevin Spacey is a pretty small guy. Um, mm-hmm. but I think people assume that, oh, we're expecting this big booming, you know, six foot five Clancy Brown type character to appear on the screen and menace and, uh, and befuddle the man of steel. And I think that's kind it's, of a, I mean, it's just an expectation that people have, but I think we need a different look at this. I mean, um, you know, I'm not saying that they would go this direction, but look at Dr. Savannah. He's the complete opposite of, um, Captain Marvel. Or Shazam, whatever they're calling mm-hmm. it these days. Shazarvel. Shazarvel. I like <laughs> Well, actually, the, the new 52 Captain Marvel may be a bad example because he's apparently now Lex Luthor. He's uh, big and buff. And, oh, Savannah yeah. is, really? Yeah. Interesting. And he's, he's a, an archaeologist, kind of Indiana Jones type guy. Mm, but okay. Yeah, definitely. And I think that most importantly... When we look at the history of Luthor, what they did you know, in 1986 was basically take Gene Hackman's Luthor and put it in the comics. Right. Which is, this is important, that Luthor had never existed in comics before 1986. There was never a, you know, a corporate wolf Luthor with a big head of hair and a a goofy sidekick before they did it in the movie. Mm. And I think that people are expecting that, that expectation, that, characterization is the only Luthor you can do because that's what they've been pretty much doing ever since. I get the feeling this movie is, in fact, I'm, I'm almost certain this movie is going to be undermining or 
maybe subverting our expectations of these characters in pop culture. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, and I'm hoping that what it what that also means is that we're not going to have the unstoppable Batman, that we might have a Luthor who's yes, evil, but also someone that you're like, yeah, I kind of I, I do understand why he I mean, look at what they did to Metropolis in that first movie. You can yeah. understand oh, yeah, why yeah. Lex mm-hmm. Luthor might be mad. I think from I think from that standpoint, from a, a philosophical, ideological approach that Luthor does, as, as Rodrigo mentioned earlier, and you just did too, that what makes Lex Luthor work and make him not a total vile character is that he's kind of right a lot of times uh, yeah. in, in this right. sense. You and can see his point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. The, the the thing that makes uh, Luthor cross the line is the means right mm-hmm. yep. like he's his his ends are right his means are wrong kind of like magneto in a, in a way and they yeah. can't really, you can't justify what he does i i i'm still hoping and my fingers are crossed and i don't necessarily believe it but i'm so hoping that he's gonna wear the big purple and green battle suit from Crisis on Infinite Earth. <laughs> I, I because don't think can't so. you see? No, come on. Imagine Jesse Eisenberg in this battle suit, right? He's like, all right, how, yeah. about, how about this? Like, here's here's a compromise for okay. that. The battle suit will be black metal, mm-hmm. but it will have Tron like green and blue lights. Did you see um, what was uh, Snyder's uh, previous movie before this? The uh, the all girl action flick. Oh. Um, Sucker Punch? Yeah, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. punch. They actually had a giant fighting robot uh, mech in that, which uh, looked kind of cool, and I could see that being a battle suit. Because I don't think someone's... I I honestly don't think that someone's going to put themselves in a battle suit and have their head exposed, uh, because that's just like, one shot, man. One shot. (laughs) The George Perez design does not have an exposed head. It has a clear plastic bubble that is translucent yes. and unbreakable. Clear plastic, and, uh, clear plastic bubble. Unbreakable <laughs> bubble. And most importantly, it wasn't until like the year 2000 when Ed McGinnis was all, oh, don't be derp, de derp, that it was, was just your head exposed. And it, nah. Sorry. That's anyway. a separate rant about Ed McGinnis. Everyone, you guys, you guys see the? Did you guys see the quick shot of the Rhino armor in the Spider-Man? No, trailer? I haven't. I haven't yeah. paid attention to that. But it uh, doesn't it look like a uh, aliens kind of a droid walker thing? Um, kind mm. of. I was I was surprised by how Rhino-y that head is. Honestly, yeah, super mm. Rhino. Like, I was I was really <laughs> expecting for them to just be like, oh, this. This suit code name Rhino, and for it to like maybe have some kind of thing on the head that was like reminiscent of a horn, mm-hmm. but it looks like a big like the head looks like a big uh, robot rhinoceros. Yeah, right. yeah. Robot Rhino. Uh, you can catch Batman versus Superman or whatever they're going to call it. Maybe they'll call it the Justice League movie. Comes out in May of 2016. And if you want to share your thoughts on the casting, the latest casting, head over to Majorspoilers.com. There is a link in your show notes. You can also, uh, while you're over there, check out the CW uh, has found their Iris Iris West for the upcoming Flash series. Is she she is, oh man, she is cute, oh, yeah. cute, cute. She's good looking. She is very attractive. But the same reason why people are going to uh, have some kind of weird comment about uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Lex Luthor, people mm-hmm. are going to have a flip cow over, uh, what is her name? Uh, a whole flip cow? A whole flip cow. Wow. Over the uh, the announcement of um, Candace Patton as Iris West. 
is she is she like cool or something? Oh, she's very cool. I think she's very cool. I can't wait I'll to see her, her running around. Um, <laughs> you while you're also over there, you can check out all sorts of sneak peeks. You can find out some new propaganda art that's arriving in people's mailboxes for the upcoming Star Wars Rebels movie. And a whole lot more. It's all over there at Majorspoilers.com. And while you're over there, you need to buy something, right? Valentine's Day is just around the corner. You want to get your loved one something special. Could be something uh, very, uh, very personal between the two of you. Could be something geeky. Could be something tech uh, techie. Uh, you can find it over at Amazon.com. And the way you do that is head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon button. You go over there, make your purchases just like you normally do. A little bit comes our way and allows us to continue to do all of these great things that we have planned for 2014 and beyond. How about some reviews, guys? How about well, some? Okay. Zach goes first. Oh. Does that go first? I don't know. Uh, don't all know. of these, uh, all of these are either out this week or in the future. So I'll just start off. No, no, mine, mine was last week. Oh, yours was last week. Okay, yeah, I yeah, thought this was. was I thought this was this week. Go no, ahead, no, no. go ahead. Then no, Zach. last week was last week. This week is this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's cold here in the Midwest, and by that I mean in my room, it's cold. And so I wanted to read something this week that reflected the coldness. So I grabbed. Oh, uh, Adventure Time 2014 Winter Special Number 1. Woo! Uh, so this is just a collection of three different stories. Is it three? Nope, four. Uh, different creators on all of them. Um, the first one, we got a little bit from Jake and, Jake and Finn want some snow. They want to play some snow. And wouldn't you know it, the snow comes and it all melts. And... Uh, Finn is going to blame the Ice King for taking it because obviously the Ice King took it because he controls winter and all that cool stuff. So they battle it out and all the snow comes back. And the crazy part, so, I mean, Ice King blasting snow. I mean, that's fairly normal. The crazy part comes when uh, Jake brought these pretty sweet winter uh, winter sweaters for them to wear to play in the snow. You could probably find something like that at your local Urban Outfitters or something. Uh, but these ones are special, as in they were haunted by uh, the chill uh, beater, the chill beater snug bringer who absorbs all things cold and is truly evil. So there's a lot of weird stuff happening in there. And again, there's just more crazy stories that go on. Uh, oh, the one that I really liked was Earl of Lemongrab's story, who uh, he hates winter. And I had to, I had to, once that happened, I felt the connection to Earl Woman Grab. I haven't seen him much in the show in a little bit I've watched. But when uh, he said he hated winter, I felt the tug of my heart to just like this character. So he builds a suit. and He's going to destroy uh, winter and all the snow instead of writing a long letter to uh, Princess Bubblegum because it'll just take too long. And he wants the snow gone now. But his suit goes incredibly wrong and uh, is defeated by the snow. And ends up writing a strongly worded letter for the princess to end uh, winter anyways. Which made me laugh because I wish I could write a letter to a princess to end winter forever. That would be awesome. Um, so the only big problem I had with this issue, well, there's a couple. Uh, one, I haven't watched a lot of Adventure Time. I've read a few comics and I've watched a few episodes. Uh but the knowing of the characters part, because there's a lot of different characters involved in these different stories, uh, I struggled on, and that's just me. So if you've watched Adventure Time, you'll be fine. But if you haven't watched Adventure Time very much, uh, you might be 
in my situation where not all the characters are familiar to you, which is sometimes a bummer. And then you get the problem with the, uh, the anthology issues where you have different artists doing different takes on characters. And for the most part, they, uh, I mean, they, they, all the characters are still completely recognizable from the way they're done on the show. But there's just uh, giant leaps in art uh, right after a page, which just takes a couple panels or a page to get used to, which kind of takes me out of the story just for a little bit. So, uh, all in all, uh, I giggled a lot reading this, which is good because I think that's what Adventure Time is for, just to giggle a lot. And uh, so if you like Adventure Time, pick this up. I'm sure it'll be worth it. And more Adventure Time comics seem to be coming out every week. It seems like there's an Adventure Time comic coming out. So yay for fans of that. I'm just going to give this uh, two and a half slices of meatloaf this week. Okay. Two and a half slices of the meatloaf for Adventure Time 2014 Winter Special number one out last week. Um, Out this week from Image Comics is Invincible Universe number 10. And I'll be honest, I have not read. I don't think I've read a single issue of Invincible Universe, so I decided That's to pick this one up. It's actually better than the mother title. It, You know what? It actually is better than the the original <laughs> title. And the one thing that people, that I that I need to remind myself every so often, because sometimes we do get caught up in the main story of Invincible, we have to remember that this has all come about as a spoof of mainstream superhero comics. So, you know, uh, Invincible is your take on the Superman uh, type uh, character. Um, here... We're introduced to a uh, teen photographer by the name of Barker, who works for <laughs> a newspaper uh, with the managing editor or the, uh, uh, the name of the newspaper is Hero Wire. And the publisher is M. Martin Matheson. And he's pretty <laughs> upset because Barker is trying to get away with uh, submitting some relatively plain photos for his latest, uh, his latest edition. And uh, through the process of trying to convince Triple M to go ahead and uh, cut the check so he can get paid, it's how they call him in the in the book, Triple M. Um, um, we get the uh, a recount of the marriage between uh, Knockout and Kid Thor, and the wedding that takes place at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or Guardians of the Globe uh, Mansion, <laughs> and how it all goes wrong. And it's uh, it's kind of what you would expect. In a superhero um, wedding, some people are in costume because they still want to maintain their secret identity. Some people are out of costume. Um, relatives show up. Brawls go on. It turns into a big mess before bride and groom have to make their escape and get married in Las Vegas by an Elvis impersonator. Um, it's it's a really clever story. There's even a little side story um, about uh, one of the heroes who's an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic and how he falls off the wagon. I really got a kick out of this. And if you love Marvel, if you love DC Comics, if you like those big event type things, this is a book to pick up. I mean, the art is fantastic. Uh, art by um, uh, Todd Nook. Nook. Um, yeah. Uh, the writer is Ooh, Phil Hester. The writer is Phil Hester. And you can actually catch an interview with Phil Hester this week or this past week uh, on the Wayne's Comics podcast. Uh, Wayne sat down with Phil and had a good interview with him. All around, this is a great little story. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and it's just this little slice. In fact, there's a little bit uh, at the end um, uh, with some, I guess, potential Cobra. I don't know who they are. They look like maybe the Iguanas or something. The Lizard League. 
Um, they've got their own Cobra version of that in here, and it's yes, they've been they've been in Invincible before the Lizard oh, League. Yeah, basically. yeah, it is. This is a great book, and it reminded me why I loved reading Invincible so much so long ago. I, I'm giving this one four and a half slices of wow. uh, meatloaf. Whoa. I mean, it's just it's great from top to bottom. It is a book to pick up this week, and uh, and I highly recommend it. Invincible now, Universe number ten. Do the do the Guardians of the Globe appear other than Thor and uh, Knockout? Yeah, what's the leader guy? I forget what his name uh, is. Is Brit. there? Yeah, yep, he's there, and some of the other my, team members are there. My favorite is uh, the little dog, Le Brusier. Have you seen him? I didn't. Her, her. I wasn't paying attention, but there's like a, a Yeti guy in there. Yeah, that's Yeti. Um, that he, there's an, actually, there's an interesting bit where kid Thor's older brothers show up and they're like, frost giant <laughs> attack thee. And he's like, and they're like, no, 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 he's not a frost giant. He's a Yeti. And, and the Yeti's like, well, technically I'm a frost giant. We are supposed to be at war with one another anytime we meet. So have at thee. And then that's how the big brawl starts. <laughs> and it's just great. Uh, it, it's a, it's a great comic to pick up this week from image comics, uh, invincible universe number 10. Matthew from uh, Dynamite Entertainment. Dynamite. We've got Codename Action, number five. Codename Action. Now, Codename Action is based on the Captain Action property that initially was a series of action figures or dolls or however you want to call them. And Codename Action was not, to my knowledge, initially pitched as a five-issue limited series. I may be wrong. Someone can correct me if they feel like it, but... Codename Action number five is listed as number five of five, wrapping up the five-issue Codename Action limited series. And right off the bat, there there are two problems with this issue for me. One is there's a Jay Lee cover that has no background. It is a figure against just a field of orange. And it, it, it literally looks like a sketch that somebody photoshopped into place. So the cover is ugly. It's also a $4 book. So you're going in. It's $3.99. I got to say to myself, do I love my Captain Action? Let's go through. The previous issues of Captain Action, written by Chris Roberson and drawn by, I believe, Jonathan Lau, have taken this character, this new member of the Action Directorate, uh, a young captain who has been dubbed Operator 1001. And he has been sent out with legendary pulp hero Operator Number 5 to track down this mysterious cabal of evil, if you will. And throughout the previous issue, something bothered me because we kept seeing other dynamite properties in play. Uh, the American Crusader from Project Superpowers, the Spider, the Green Llama, the Green Hornet, uh, the Black Angel, all of these old school golden age pulp type characters keep popping up and i'm like why are we seeing so much of these guys and nothing of captain action and then it occurred to me halfway through this issue captain action the doll the action figure his gimmick was he was all dressed up as all the superheroes you dress them up as other superheroes so you have your characters in here you have your black bat for your batman you have your green hornet you have the american crusader as the superman analog you have all these characters in play and in this issue we get our first good look at dr evil dr evil uh, was an action figure as well big blue guy with an exposed brain and pointy ears and fangs 
if you really want to know how awesome he looks, go back and dig up the DC Captain Action series from 1967. Because drawn by uh, Gil Kane, the man is freakish. But Lau does really good work in making uh, an almost ludicrous design work mm-hmm. really well and look really, really menacing. Captain Action, or the future Captain Action, I guess at this point, gets involved. He fights with Dr. Evil, and there's some fighty-fighty. And apparently Dr. Evil's evil hexagon people have captured all of the heroes and taken them to a mysterious island. And their plan is to fire two nuclear missiles. One with USSR markings, one with American markings, at the respective countries. Wait a minute. If they do that... It would start World War Three. <laughs> Holy well, crap! I guess the thing that, uh, well, go on. Sorry. No, go ahead. I I'm was going to say, you know, it's like let's go to the detonation zone and see if we can find any markings on this bomb that was just dropped. <laughs> I hope it doesn't say USSR on it, or Wait, we're going to be in trouble. CCP, we're fine. But the fascinating part about this is Lau throws little things. And Operator Number Five, who is this archetypical super spy, is drawn to look just enough like Sean Connery to remind you. And there's a really nice sequence. Uh, forgive me. Uh, you should excuse the expression. Action sequence halfway through, where the Green Hornet and the Spider and a bunch of other guys kick in and just start taking names and blasting through people. Daredevil. You remember the old checkerboard Daredevil? Mm-hmm. He's in here, too. There's some lovely moments where Cato is like, Hi, I'm Cato. I'm the reason people remember the Green Hornet. But as we get to the end of the issue, Dr. Evil sets off the nuclear bombs. And there's no way to stop the launch. And Captain Action has to save the day. He's still not yet Captain Action, but stay with me here. My story gets better. We have, you know, a nice fight sequence. We have the the villain escaping with a jetpack. We have the, you know, the island base being destroyed by a nuclear explosion. All of these really cool 60s movie tropes. And I realized that I'd been reading the series wrong for five issues. I was expecting a Captain Action story. And what they've given me is a five-issue origin of Captain Action. It's set in a nebulous time, which is probably, I'm going to say 1968, the height of the Cold War. It ends with a really great moment, and as we get to the end, Operator 1001 comes before his superiors, and they tell him, this was your first and last mission as Operator 1001. Your new code name is... Sydney Snot Pockets. No, actually, no, they call him Captain Action. And the last page of... The last page of the issue is a really nice shot of him in his Captain Action outfit, with his little anchor suit and the the awesome chest symbol and the lightning bolt belt. It's a great suit. It really is. And I've been missing it for five issues. And I got here in this issue, and I realized that Roberson did something that it snuck up on me. They, they slipped in a cool action movie origin story. There were some lulls in the previous four issues, but this issue was pretty good cover to cover as long as you expected it to be a retro 60s action spy thriller. Three and a half slices of meatloaf for codename action number five. I hope to see more of the character. Mm -hmm. And I hope to see the character doing his iconic flipping around shtick and previous, you know, if they come up with another mini or if he appears other place in the dynamite universe. Yeah. Where he, you know, he can team up with the Green Hornet. 
because you know you sell me that comic all day long. Cool. I'll buy Green Hornet. I'll buy Captain Action. You put both of them in there. You just sold me two copies. <laughs> That's out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Rodrigo, we're going to wrap up our review section with you. I was half expecting you to do the uh, Jennifer Lawrence uh, bio comic that comes out this week, mainly because of the beautiful, and by beautiful, I mean sarcastically, uh, cover <laughs> that they have uh, that they've given that issue. I'm not looking it up. It's, I'm it's looking there on it's on the website. Majorspoilers.com. That's where people want to go. And just do uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. It's, it definitely looks like a person. Not really. <laughs> if that person were an alien. Well, what? there's one. There's one. Uh, How did where, her. Where there's like a. Over her hair. There's one where she's there's like it's like an action pose with a bow. Mm -hmm. And then there's one where she's like three different characters. Oh, oh, and then there's this one. Yeah, no, I can see the problem. Okay. Anyway, it's drawn by an eight year old. That is not it's not that bad. That is not uh, what I'm reviewing today. Oh, what what are you reviewing? What I'm reviewing today, uh, also by Blue Water is a comic called Spaced, number one. Um, and this is a comic about a chimpanzee who, uh, and, and, and this is like mostly, this, this comic is mostly exposition. Um, okay, it's a chimpanzee who is sent from Earth into space, appears to be completely intelligent and um, self-aware. Um, and uh, so he was like experimented on maybe when he was on Earth, sent into space and finds himself in an alien planet and trying to navigate it. Um, but this this isn't like how the chimpanzee gets to that situation. Like this happened a long time ago. This uh, ape has been making his way around space for a while now. Like he's he's basically just around. Like this isn't like a, a, a an origin story really. Um, and uh, this issue is kind of how he gets himself into trouble with this really spooky overlord person in um who runs this planet. Um. The art is cute. I like the design of a lot of the aliens and the main character. You know, he's a little cute monkey guy um, or ape. Um, so that that all is fine. The art is good. Um, as far as the story, I felt that this was very wordy for the sort of book that you'd expect coming into this. Um, there's a lot of, like I said, exposition and a lot of characters being introduced. Mm-hmm. Um so that that made the book feel uh, very slow in a lot of places. Um, the The other main issue with this is that there are some copy editing errors. Like there's like, oh, yeah, there is a time when like, you know, when you're typing something and you're like, oh, that is like, oh, Steven, we can't let this go public. That would be a terrible mistake. And then you just change it to, it would be a mistake, but you leave the that. 
Mm. Oh, by the way, that's like a, my weekly email to Steven. Yes. <laughs> so essentially what they did in this book was the, the monkey was supposed to say ook ook, but they typed it in oop right, oop. Right. But but instead but instead they typed in entire sentences. No, actually <laughs> so, and the worst part about it is that there's this character that hangs out with the uh chimp who is like uh supposed to be very well spoken and like one hundred percent of the spelling and grammar errors happen in his word balloons. So it's like it works completely counter to what the character is supposed to be. Huh, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And like, I read it, like I read it and I read it and I read it like that phrase. And I was like, nope, this is a mistake. There's no way that I'm not, um, that I'm just reading, like misreading this. And then there were, there was at least one spelling error that I saw, which is a problem. It's a problem that you can overlook, but, um, strangely enough, you rarely ever hear us talk about copy editing in, the major spoilers podcast because actually weirdly in comics that's very good somehow you see very few comics with grammar and spelling errors at least glaring ones mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. other than you know things that characters that speak with like weird grammar or maybe the writer not having the best grammar but grammar that's acceptable i mean these are like oversights you know mm-hmm. um so um that was strange and surprising Again, something you can overlook. It's not something that ruins the book completely, but it was a little jarring. Um, altogether, this is a... Uh, the art is charming, but the book is wordy. The characters are interesting, but the plot doesn't move very fast. And it actually starts, the book starts, with an enormous poop joke, which <laughs> if at least two other reviewers were reading this... Um, I, I, I would say, um, anywhere from half to a quarter of the, uh, to, uh, three quarters of the panel might appreciate, but this quarter of the panel certainly doesn't. Now, so, is it a joke about enormous poop or is it an enormous joke about poop? It's, it's kind of clever, um, <laughs> in the sense that basically they are transporting manure to sell and the monkey rigs it up to explode um, to create a diversion. So that part of it, I don't mind. The part of it that I mind is that then they constantly refer to it and make poop jokes out of it. Like, I'm perfectly fine with Biff falling into that truck at the end of that chase scene, but then they don't keep talking about crap the whole rest of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. And in this book, they do. Yeah, but they did so, they did reference it in the next three movies, in the next two movies. That they did. So if next <laughs> if they had done it once and the next issue they had referenced the poop again, I would have probably been okay with it. Now that I had had, you know, twenty pages in between references to get over it. Um but here it was pretty constant. Um so wasn't crazy about that. Again, there was a way to do it cleverly. The, the the plot point of it is clever, but the execution of it, I thought, was annoying. Um, so I'm going to give this thing three slices of meatloaf. Wow. Um, I want to see better editing. I want to see less focus on poop. But this book has a lot of potential. 
Um, and the characters are interesting and it's doing things that we don't see very often. You know, I mean, the main character is not human, but also not from a planet of anthropomorphic animals. Like he's, he's a, a, a human like animal, but he's, he doesn't come from a planet of human animals. So there, it, it's interesting. It's, it, there's interesting stuff going on in this book. Excellent. All right. And that is from Blue Water Productions. You can go find that. Uh, you know, they have those digitally. They have them at Walmart. They have them a lot of places. Blue Water Productions comics. So I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Oh, oh, in case uh, you haven't figured it out, listeners, uh, everybody is phoning it in this week. Matthew, of course, always does because he's on the other side of the <laughs> hey, state. Hey, um, I prefer to refer to it as teleconferencing. Sure. If you want to <laughs> call it that. Um <laughs> Zach and Rodrigo are also phoning in this week because, man, we had a lot of uh, winter. Monster lizard. Now, we didn't have, you know, like 17, 22. My son was like, I hope we get seven feet of snow. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You we'll don't, all be no. dead. No. Society no, you don't want that. Yeah. So, uh, seven feet of snow will cave in the roof and you'll slowly freeze to death. I think our roof is at just the right pitch to where we wouldn't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, it's an F sharp. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, Wintertime, mm-hmm. yay. But, you know, no. when, next up is, is tornado season, yay. Yay. <laughs> and then we get uh, the and UV index season. Heat. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you we know, hit, which, uh, by the way, is also tornado season. Yes, yes right. I know. And yeah. then we hit, then we hit, hit uh, leaf raking season. <laughs> which, by the way, season. is also tornado yes. season. Yes. It should be noted that in Kansas, they say we have two seasons. There's road repair and snow removal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And certainly More a lot of that going on. Certainly a lot of that going on uh, this week here in Kansas and throughout the rest of the country. There is a pothole a block from my house that will beat you up and take your lunch money. I hit it in the minivan the other day and I swear I heard <laughs> hobbits cursing. And then I sneezed while speaking at the same time <laughs> because I'm a genius. If you'd stop drag racing Justin Bieber in your hometown, then you wouldn't hit potholes in your minivan. You know what? He's in a rented Lamborghini. I'm in a 2001 Ford Focus. I still win. Good job. Thank you. So what is the favorite season? That is the major spoilers poll of the week. Oh, week. of the week, 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 week. Rodrigo, do you have a favorite season? I do. Um, I like summer, uh, even out here in Kansas. How come? I'm... I'm uh, used to very hot temperatures mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you grew up on mercury. I did. I did. Um, it uh, it was great. Oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I really don't mind the heat. You know, a lot of people say it's like, well, at least if you're cold, you can put on more clothes. If you're hot, you can't. You can only take off so many clothes. Um, and I just think you're just not trying hard enough. <laughs> no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the heat. I hate snow and, uh, summer is like the season that is diametrically opposed to winter, uh, which I like. Um, I seriously, I am so bad with snow and with bad weather that I get like small panic attacks, just thinking like during the fall, thinking that winter is coming mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's going to be winter soon <laughs> because actually out here, a lot of the time winter really sneaks up on us. Like mm-hmm. it's like, 
it's the middle of fall and all of a sudden you get a snowstorm, right? The, the weather here in Kansas and, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, our weather is really erratic, too. But the weather comes on really fast mm-hmm. in Kansas, um, which is one thing that I don't like about the summers here, which is that you will get like horrifying thunderstorms rolling through, but those are usually over pretty quickly. If you can dig a hole and get inside it before, <laughs> you know, lightning destroys your town, um, then you're fine. You just, you just made it through the storm. It literally lasts 10 minutes and the storm is completely gone. It's, it's all the way in like the storm that I was hiding under is all, has already hit Matthew's hometown right. by the time <laughs> I'm done with this sentence. Right. So uh, for me, it's gotta be summer. Okay. Zach, what about you? Oh, summer all the way. Uh, I've been trying to be more optimistic about winter, and which has been kind of easy this year, which hasn't been too brutal. Uh, but snow still sucks. I don't like it. I had to drive the new car in it for the first time today. Uh, and I'm used to driving in four-wheel drive, and it's a little different driving a little Corolla through the, through the miles of snow. Uh, but summer is wonderful. Yeah, Rodrigo, people always tell me, it's like, oh, you can only take off so much in the winter and the summer. I was like, yeah, you can take off all of it and then you can get in a pool and then it's more fun. Yeah. You can't do yeah. that in the winter. Right. It's like you're not going outside. Literally, some- the water won't let you because it's frozen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, there's just so much more to do in the summer. I like going to the pool. I like golfing. I like being outside, you know, doing all that fun, kind of fun stuff. And you just can't do that in the winter or you can, but you're declared insane. So summer all the way for me. <laughs> I I just today I was out snow blowing the driveway so my wife could get home, and you could put on. I had many multiple layers of clothing. Didn't help for very long. Uh, I was frozen. Parts of me were frozen. Uh, it was you unpleasant. do not want to know. It was are. unpleasant. I yeah. hate. I I I I enjoy summer. But I also hate the fact that it gets so sweltering that those same places that were frozen also get incredibly <laughs> sticky. Uh, spring is nice because spring is, you know, like rebirth and, you know, you still you smell the, the new grass and the new new ground turning over. But by far, my favorite season has got to be fall. And that the main reason is because the sun starts rising just a little bit later. And so when you're on your way to work or whatever you're doing in the morning – you're getting the light hitting the trees and the beautiful colors that the trees make. And, and I realize where I'm at, we're not getting the, the colors that a lot of the rest of the country are getting. But, man, I just love the beautiful color. There's just a little nip in the air. Not bad. And then it gets warm in the afternoon and it cools down in the evening. And, and I, I just love the fall. Um, I don't, beautiful I don't, colors, uh, all of that. I don't, I don't want like, to uh, get, get in, your, uh, in your face about your choices. But you don't drive east in the morning to go to work i do, do you? i do oh do you yeah because that, that's because that's what i i don't like about the fall <laughs> is that it starts to get to that point where i'm just driving into the sun the yep. whole time and then driving into the sun the whole way back yeah you need to be either taller or have a shorter car yeah I, uh, there's a the road that before we head south down to to uh school and campus um, we have to go east and so right in the morning the sun's right in your face and i like to just kind of see because it go, it swings so far north and south of that that I like to go kind of in and say okay what are the three weeks on either side of the you know of the uh, of the year that the sun is right there in the middle of the road shining in my face and that's about what it is it's about three weeks where it becomes really mm-hmm. problematic and then it's far enough north or south 
to where it's not a, a as big a problem. But I, no, I feel your pain on that, Rodrigo. But man, the colors fall, fall. I the love colors. it. The problem with fall is it needs to make up its mind. Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? I like it. Well, it needs no. a bit of both. See, I don't it, like it. It, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Well, out here it doesn't. In places, <laughs> in places that have regulating bodies of water, it does. True. Mm-hmm. Fall but, is nicer in the coasts and where there's actual lakes. Yep. Matthew, what about you? Well, this is this is one of the things that um, I won't say it's a berserk button, but it's one of those things that turns me into the comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> Don't you dare, Stephen! I heard you take a breath. Just stop right there. What did you think I, I was going to say? Here's my thing. I have a problem when we talk about seasons in that people equate seasons with weather. And people say, oh, it's snowing. It must be winter. No, it's freaking October. It's it's not winter just because it snows, nor is it no longer summer because it's not warm. So when you break it down, I grew up in central Kansas in an, in an upper area where things were not quite as temperature extremey. I guess, but you would get the winter where everything would freeze solid. And then you get the spring where, you know, the water would run and run and run and wash out your basement and kill your children and hear the lamentations of your women. Then you get the summer where they, you know, bake your guts out. And then in the fall, I have huge allergies to spores, molds, and fungus. So I would be miserable and hate faced throughout most of the fall. Also, you'd get all three of the things that you got in the previous season. So, when you break it down for me, the season that has the least frustration in being basically uh, an immobile fat guy would be the fall because you get a little bit of everything without the extremes that you get. Sometimes in the fall, you get a nice rainstorm, you get a little snow, you have a nice warm day. Yes, you kind of have to breathe the pollens and the spores and the, you know, the dying things, but I can kind of deal with that. It's not like I'm going to spend a lot of time outside. I'm not going walking on a long country road like Jed Clampett or something. And you, the problem with summer in Kansas for me is I went into work last summer at 11 a.m. It's 78 degrees. I stepped out the door at 5 p.m. It was 115 degrees in my car. And I'm like, okay, this is too hot. I turn on the air conditioning. I drive home. Literally three weeks later, literally <laughs> three weeks later, I step out my door to go to work and it's below freezing. I swear to you, I have no idea what this, what this state, what this region, what this whole thing. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Bruce says that he's a gardener. So I like spring getting into the dirt, planting some tomatoes, carrots, cucumbers, and all the other good stuff I get to eat later. It's a time of sweet breezes, blossoms, and possibilities, whereas by the middle of the summer, the bugs and the birds have laid waste to the large portions of my crop. It's too hot to do anything outside, and I spend too much time just keeping my garden alive. By fall, it's all wilting and dead plants scream to be cleaned up. Winter, of course, is winter, says Bruce. Uh, That's depressing. (laughs) Yes. Alicia says fall, despite being one of the two seasons where my allergies kill me and the end of bikini season, it's just one of my favorite times of the year. Halloween stuffs is out. The leaves turn pretty colors. The weather is almost perfect. Spring and fall for that, though. Wait, spring and fall tie for that, though. And it's also the time of year when there are fairs all over the place around here. So there's just a couple of the responses from the people that have voted this week. How has the rest of the major spoilers voted so far? 
the major spoilers voting, 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 voting. Right now I'm looking at 89 votes. Uh, when we go through, let's go through it numerically in, in order of time. Winter, the first season for some reason, 10% of the vote, 20% loving spring, 21% summer, spring and summer tide, a whopping 49% of the vote going to fall the season of uh, orange things and new television. I went with the winter, spring, summer, fall, because my kids are listening to these uh, songs on their, uh, one of their iPads. You, you got a friend by James Stanley? No, no, no. It's, um, <laughs> it's some, it's some robots thing. I forget what the name of it is, but it all, <laughs> winter, but the, spring, summer, or no, 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 but it's really Ro- cool because, um, I am the almost, Equinox robot. It, I am the solstice robot. We can never touch. It it almost sounds like it's so uh, they might be giants doing the songs, but I haven't tracked it down yet. But it's that kind of stuff that they do, nice. and they have a song called "Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall." For seasons there are uh, one year and all, something like that, and they sing it and jump around and all that stuff. So I went with sing that it. order. Is it the Imagination Movers? Mm, I don't know what it I is. I love the Imagination Movers. I don't They're know like what it is. They're like wiggles with goggles. They're like no, these the are little animated robots because the way the app works is you take a picture of your kid. And then wow. you put them into the piece. It's kind of like the jib jab stuff. Um, so it's really kind of cute. And they have fun with it. So whatever. Uh, they also have uh, another song about uh, a minute is the length of this song. And it literally lasts a minute. And they talk about a second is the uh, this moment of time. And they it's 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 a fun little little application. I'll have to go and find out what the exact name of it is in the future. But you can find it on the iTunes store, I'm sure. Or you can head over to Tweaked Audio. And pick yourself a, a good pair of headphones. Bunch of different styles. Bunch of different colors. I like the ones with the microphone built in because you can drive down the highway with your earbuds in, talk on the uh, telephone, and not have to worry about uh, the popo pulling you over. Um, you know what I said. These things are engineered for durability. <laughs> I had one of those uh, uh, with my iPhone, you know, the, the earbuds that come with that. They went through the washer and dryer this week. They didn't come out very well at all. About a year ago, I put the tweaked audios through the washer and dryer, and they came out just fine. These Heck things yeah. are designed to sound great for music and talk. They're engineered for durability. They've got a great noise reduction design. And here's the best part, listeners. When you head over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off the price. 30% off the price just by purchasing your headphones at tweakedaudio.com. We thank them for their support of Major Spoilers. Shift. Yes, pair of dimes shift. You get to save more than a dime when you use the checkout code major at tweakedaudio.com. 30% is $3. And if you want to vote in the poll of the week, just head over to majorspoilers.com. All week long, that's up there. Oh, Super Bowl. Hey. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. What a boring event. That I, was a horrible football game. If it there was wasn't, a football game? If it wasn't I was just for, watching Twitter. If it wasn't for Rodrigo and I uh, doing our, our live uh, fake football fan stuffs, Five tweets. I would have turned that off after the first quarter. Man, yeah. It was, I mean, from the very beginning, when you have a safety in the first 12 seconds of a game, you know, uh, this could get a bad. Yeah, I've, I've, I've only been interacting with football for a handful of years and that's because i have to for my job yeah right but apparently it's finally gotten to the point where i can like start to recognize things about football 
And when, yeah, when like the snap goes bad on the very first play, <laughs> I was like, oh, those guys are losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. At one point, the oldest boy looked at me and says, Dad, where's the end zone? I'm like, yeah, I think the Broncos are thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the halftime show had mixed reviews. Uh, my wife was like, ooh, I really enjoyed that Bruno Mars. I was like, eh, it was okay. And then my youngest was like, oh no, my fireworks are over. That's, oh. that's something that he literally said at the end of it. He's like, my fireworks are over. Oh no. Uh, so yeah, I, thought, uh, I thought Bruno Mars did really well. I think yeah. they should have yeah. uh, they should have um, flash drafted him into the Broncos and passed him the ball and see what he did with it. Oh, yeah, he would have uh, shimmied and shuffled all the way around. Yep. I thought most of the television commercials in the Super Bowl were awful. Uh, they were so-so. This wasn't a very impressive year. No. Um, other than a few movie previews, I think the, the one that stood out most to me was the Radio Shack one. Oh, yeah, with mm-hmm. the 80s. Did you get all those references, Zach? Uh, all of the references? No. But I got some of them, and that helped. Okay. <laughs> some people had tweeted at me the next day and was like i wonder if zach even understands who half these people are uh probably not half i mean i saw i went back and i looked at a picture and i saw like hulk hogan and that uh that one guy that played a cop eric 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 estrada from chips yeah yeah, yeah sure sure i think alf was Marilyn in there as well was in there alf was in there the california raisins are mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. um, d snyder from twisted Sister. yep he was in there i also realized the uh the straight up, hey, Radio Shack, let's turn into an Apple Store thing they were going for. Oh, man. They t- to be I honest, did, did they recognize turned, that. They turned into an Apple Store here a long time ago. Did well, and, and that's the thing is now they're like really rolling out the campaign for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the stores have already been converted. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> did it, it felt like to me that the commercials overall had a more like somber tone then let's just go a laugh at every 30 seconds was that just me or is it anyone else that, that well feeling? there was that uh there was that um was it maserati uh commercial Man, that that was that was, that, that was that that I, weird, think, I think was i think was advocating a proletarian uprising yes exactly <laughs> uh, not not my joke that was uh mike rugnetta from idea channel uh pointed that out that, that I, one. I was like, are they are they are they not manufacturing cars anymore and becoming a terror cell? Well, you know, if, <laughs> if they're talking, you know, they, they kind of had this uprising thing going in that one. And then you had the mm-hmm. 80s reference for Radio Shack and then you had the full house reference and then you had Seinfeld. I wonder uh, if this was like the year that we went back to the 80s. No, uh, the, well, Seinfeld was, was the 90s. Yeah. Seinfeld was yeah, the 90s. Yeah. Well, 89. Uh, and, so was the, and so was the and so was the Matrix, which yeah. we yeah, also yeah. got. Yeah. That was oh, another man. one of the things that I said is like, it's a good thing for that Radio Shack commercial. Otherwise, everybody would have noticed how super dated all of these references were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was in the middle of that. I was like, who, who they're not going for a young audience in advertising, are they? Because, I mean, they're like, well, I don't Maserati. Think Super Bowl generally draws a young audience, per se. I don't, I don't think that historically you're expecting a, a huge number of yeah, young you're, you're 18 to 49s. That's that's true, and I mean it's smart because, um, uh, generally speaking, who is thirty right now? Not people, me. People Not who me. were watching TV in the nineties, because I'm thirty. 
and Man, I was you're old. Yes, well, I am. If, if you look at it, though, I mean, the fact that you're seeing references to multiple multiple time periods in the past may also be them kind of tacitly acknowledging that they have a an audience that crosses those. Oh, I think areas. I think they market research the crap out of this, and they're mm-hmm. going yeah. to spend like fifty million dollars on an ad. Did you guys see the uh, the Georgia lawyer yeah, ad? Yeah, yeah, I tweeted yeah, that. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh my god, I love that. I want I, that. I want that to be my origin story. <laughs> that thing is amazing, and that apparently only aired like locally. Yeah, there was a local yeah. commercial spot. You Look, wonder it like how over, it has over back. two million views now on YouTube. Last time I saw. Yeah, I wonder what this is going to do for his uh, actual law career. Probably not a whole lot. Uh, the big <laughs> thing to the side, and now he's going to become an actor. Yes. No, he's going to be a superhero, man. <laughs> so I think he's the going big thing to be that the masked sledgehammer. I, I think the thing that a lot of people were tuning in for, of course, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, uh, in addition to the Super Bowl, were the uh, the superhero movie trailers that came out. Mm-hmm. So we got our first look at uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier in a big mm-hmm. long trailer. Excited about that? Yeah, it looks good. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad <laughs> the Black Widow's in it. Hmm. I'm sad that she's so very photoshopped. Oh, in the posters. Oh, in the posters. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. But that's you know that's not necessarily the trailer per se. No. I like the fact that they're using that uh, 2005 era Steve Rogers Super Soldier uniform. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said they like this this uh, uniform better than the one they saw a, in um, the Avengers. Avengers. It's a striking uniform, and it's one of the uniforms that works as a superhero costume, but also works in a live action. Without there being, you know, embarrassing things that they have to work around. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at, like, say, Spider-Man's costume, the problem with Spider-Man's costume in live action is that all of the costume is designed to use that negative space, but it ends up drawing your eye right to a live action character's face junk, Oh, basically. Because it's the the costume is a big arrow pointing down to the, the Shnagala. And it's it's something that's very difficult. The Tobey Maguire movie worked around it. And, you know, the Andrew Englishman movie actually redesigned a lot of the costume to where it's not as noticeable. But I like that Captain America uniform that we, well, the, the modified uniform. Because mm-hmm. the one in Avengers did feel a little cartoony side by side with, you know, new school Thor and the new Iron Man armor. Mm-hmm. Shnagala, is that, uh, is that the region of the body located above or below the penis? <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> speaking of Amazing st- Spider-Man, eh, you still excited about that? Or I'm sorry, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, I was never right. excited about Amazing Spider-Man. You are, or you're not. I'm sorry, you got cut out. There. I, that's okay. I I was never excited about Amazing Spider-Man, but it's a nice trailer. Rodrigo, um, I was not. I was not Im- terribly impressed by the the first Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, so I'm not particularly looking forward to this one. Yeah, um, I don't. I, the I trailer don't. seemed fine. It you got a lot of shots of like the rhino and Doctor Octopus and probably somebody riding around in like a little goblin glider. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be like Spider Man fights a thousand guys, which could be. I mean, which which we've seen in comics a lot is is an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think just on a fundamental level, I am not very much into this iteration of the franchise. So I, I wasn't I wasn't that interested in it. 
Yeah, I don't know. Something about the commercial just fell really flat for me. I don't know if it was the constant uh, slowdown while Electro's uh, uh, things were going off and shooting sure. everywhere and blowing things up. I don't know if it was that. I, I just or the fact that the trailer seemed really long. There was just nothing in that that got me super pumped to see this movie. Uh, the only th- you know, the best part was uh, Aunt May coming and says, "Why are your face so dirty?" I was cleaning the chimney, yeah. but we don't have a chimney. What? Uh, that yeah, was that the was best good. part of the whole commercial. That was good. And I'm hoping that that's the only that's part not that the, really sticks with me. I'm, I'm hoping that is not the best part of the uh, the whole movie. Now there is a huge long, like four minute sizzle reel of the villains yeah. that's over at Majorspoilers.com. You can go over there and check that out. Is Aunt um, May still Sally Field? Yes, it is. Yep. Yep. I remember when she was like. Super hot babe. Man, she's pretty, still pretty uh, She was attractive. like super sex symbol And now she's like, you know, maiden aunt. Yep. Transformers. The Age oh of my. Extinction. Transformers. Oh They're making another Transformers. Age of Extinction. Oh, Dinobots, Marky Matthew. Mark, Dinobots. I like Dinobots. I just, yeah. hope, I just hope Marky Mark busts out. You've got the touch. But do the Dinobots speak correctly? I don't know. We didn't see that. We saw uh, one shot of Transformers Optimus. don't talk in these movies. We saw one shot of Optimus it Prime riding on top of one, and <laughs> no, then no, no. that was it. Transformers do talk in these movies. While things are happening, they're dubbed over going, oops, my bad. Uh, <laughs> testicle joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about the Dinobots and half the fun of the Dinobots is me, Grimlock, kick butt. You know, if you... That actually probably is Grimlock if we're looking at that. Yes, but, it is. Yeah, I think you know, and that that I think is interesting. But uh, I am I. It's a Michael Bay thing, right? Yes, it is. Yep. All right. So I mean, the first three movies are basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all the but same. This one has they have all the same explosions. Well, <laughs> yes, but and Marky Mark and no Shia LaBeouf. You know what? That I'll buy. But if I go to McDonald's and I get the quarter pounder and I get the quarter pounder with bacon, mm-hmm. it's still the same sandwich. It may be different with bacon, but it won't necessarily be a quantitatively different experience. Oh, it might be. Bacon is pretty no, good. No. Put a little maple syrup on that. Mm. A Michael Bay movie <laughs> with Dinobots is still going to be. Kiss the girl fade to black. That's that's what I'm afraid of. And I, I think somebody posted this on Twitter saying, man, the fact that Michael Bay uses such fast cuts and, and so many close ups, it's just going to be like scrap metal flying at the screen. You yeah. won't be able to see the action. And that was my problem with the last man. Was that Transformers 2 was the last movie I watched where it's like there's this big fight out in the forest and it mm-hmm. should have been nice, wide, majestic shot. But no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. You got to get up no in tight in that middle. Yeah. And without an establishing shot, it feels like it's all taking. Well, it, it is all mocap, but it, it really calls attention to the fact that it's mm-hmm. all mocap. So for me, the movie, general. the movie trailers that I saw, by far, Captain America is my number one. Spider Man number two, Transformers number three. Uh, that's the, I would, that's of my interest level. That's what I want to see. Bob Dylan number four. The, before the show, there was a, a thing for Noah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested because there's animals in it, (laughs) Um, but something tells me that the animals don't play a very central role in it. Probably not. Wow. That Iris West is gorgeous. Yeah, she is. 
Yeah, I think out of all the trailers, Noah was more interesting to me because it's yeah. Darren Aronofsky movie. I mean, that's always exciting to see what yeah. weird stuff he's going to come up with. Did he do uh, Evan Almighty? Uh, Aronofsky? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. What did Aronofsky do? Uh, um, he did Pie. Pie and Black Swan. And, uh, he's not the guy who did uh, that one movie. Yes, he did. Yes, he with was. The, with the drug addiction? Yes. And Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Yes. Is that Aronofsky? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love. I he love also that. he also did that uh, Hugh Jackman movie about the bubble in space. Sphere. Uh, the fountain. Fountain. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that one. It's pretty trippy. Now, did he oh, do the obviously. wrestler? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I really enjoyed the wrestler. I, I like the wrestler, and I like that other one he did that was basically the same movie. Visually, Noah looks really interesting. Yes. Yeah, but I'm kind of worried. I'm always worried about the use of of yeah, Judeo Christian yeah. ideology mm-hmm. in, in pop culture because it always turns into a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Doc, I predict Doc I predict it will be I predict it will be very well received uh, technically. I bet mm-hmm. it does. I bet it does well in certain states in the nation. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know that it's going to be a sustainable mass hit, but yeah, then yeah. I. Yeah. I said Cloud Atlas would never hit it big, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, always, so, I, I like Noah because uh, a lot of the friends I have that go to church, they're like, oh, Noah movie, this is so cool. I was like, guys, do you even know who Darren Aronofsky is? Like, this is probably going to be really, really weird. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty cool could. moments in that trailer, yeah. People, well, people are going to get exposed to that who wouldn't normally go to an Aronofsky. Oh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting. And especially since he took the uh, ending sequence of Requiem for a Dream and stuck it right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. yeah. The, the reason why I wanted to get into the, uh, the movies and the trailers that we saw uh, during the Super Bowl was because, Matthew, you had a really interesting topic uh, this past week that you questioned on Twitter. Um, I did. And, and, and correct me, but paraphrase basically is like, are people afraid that the bubble is going to burst on superhero movies? Exactly. My worry and people were very upset about the Eisenberg casting. And on top of, you know, Batfleck, I hate that term, but there are people out there who are still raging, foaming at the mouth about how terrible the Ben Affleck casting is and how Gal Gadot is this and that. And it reminds me of 1990 or so when Stephen and I were in college. There weren't a lot of superhero movies to be had. They were kind of few and far between comic related films, superhero related films were a rarity. And it kind of feels like, yeah, basically you had, basically you had Batman and that was it in the nineties. I'm trying to think, I mean, you had uh, a dark man. Well, the Batman movie really kicked off a wave. There was the Dick Tracy and the dark man. And there was a lot of stuff that came after that, but it felt an awful lot like people would, cling to a movie that was substandard, like, you know, forgive me, Dick Tracy, not a good film. No. People uh, clung to that movie and said, yes, this is the, and they treated it like a sequel to Batman mm-hmm. because they're like, Batman was wonderful and we want to love this movie too. And the people who were attached to the properties in their original forms would glom onto anything that even had a vague comic book uh, origin. Men in Black. Did you guys know Men in Black was a comic book first? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Men in Black was in. It was in. Uh, I think it was in production forever. Yeah, I think it was in Eclipse. It, they were all over the place. They were with Caliber. They were yeah. with. Uh, it. It was an epic for a while. But oh yeah, epic. I, yeah. It feels an awful lot like that. And I'm wondering if people are thinking that a bad Lex Luthor is going to wreck it, and we won't get any more comic book movies. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 
I don't know. I that's the one thing that I don't. I don't think we're never going to get any more comic book movies, right? I yeah, mean, no. we saw what happened with uh, with that uh, when the X Men franchise kind of tanked, um, imploded. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, this is the end," and yet, you know, where are we ten, fifteen years later? And it's like, "Oh, it's going to be the end," and, and it's not. So, you know, I think that there are waves of genres that become very popular, and yes. right now, escapism. Uh, as a genre is very popular mm-hmm. and, and you know, in the superhero fantasy just kind of helps uh, push that, push that further along. So yeah, superhero movies may start to, who knows when change. may start to change or may start to step back. But I mean, there are so many movies that are based on comics that people aren't even aware of that to say this is the end of comic book movies, I think is a little, little harsh for some people. What, well, I mean, what does what does that even mean? Usually when people say this is the end of comic book movies, they mean superhero movies mm-hmm, because people right. equate comics to superheroes. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Ghost World, Road to like, Perdition. Like said, yeah. Uh, From Hell, mm-hmm. Men in Black, as you said, you know, 300. Uh, 300, I think people were aware of that just because of the style. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've we like there's there's a lot of stuff playing into this. And I think a big part of it is a um, this uh, kind of uh, somewhat selfish necessity of, of uh, the media to be the ones that called it, right? To be mm-hmm. the ones that call the time of death, mm-hmm. which is why it's like, oh, that Ang Lee Hulk didn't do so well, death of comic book movie. No? All right. Well, it doesn't matter because nobody remembers us saying it. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim looks weird. End of simultaneously video game and uh, comic oh. book movie, even though it was never a video game. It just references them. Yeah. Um, it became a video game after. Yeah. Um, you know, a- a- everything's always like that. You know, it's like George Clooney's Batman. End of all Batman stuff forever, right? And yet we ended up with Val three Kilmer's colossal Batman movies. What? Two years before, Al Kilmer's Batman was the end of all Batman movies. Exactly, exactly. Right. So we it, see this a lot. And I think that, like, usually when you see a new genre develop, which is this kind of is for movies, um, you go through this pattern of people get really obsessed with it. Everybody copies it. Everybody tries to do their own version of it. Uh, some of them try to innovate. Some people try to... Um, stick to the formula, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, people get sick of it, um, and it starts to dwindle back down, and then it just kind of becomes another tool in your arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the romantic comedy has never gone away, and the way that the action movie, which most of these are, hasn't gone away. Um, after this superhero boom, which isn't over, which I think is still expanding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it'll collapse Nobody will want to see superhero movies for a couple of years, and then they'll just start making superhero movies um, without saying, oh, look at this superhero movie. It'll, it'll just right. be a movie the way that, um, I don't know, the way that nobody is, nobody says, uh, oh, Jack Ryan is the new secret agent guy movie. They're right. just like, oh, it's an action movie, right? Because... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, is he supposed to be a secret agent? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't yeah. see it. He's, but an, it, he's it, an agent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you, but look you remember, at like, Jack Ryan movies have been going back clear back until what the late eighties, early nineties, yeah, whatever. Hunt for Red October. But recently on Zach on Film, we covered Sunset Boulevard, and yes. something that I always do when we do a film is I kind of just do a little bit of of just a quick kind of 
look at what was going on in the world. And in 1950, when Sunset Boulevard came out, there was a huge appetite for Western movies. And Western movies were this, this big new thing, and they were kind of like their own genre. Well, not genre. It was like a, a whole separate portion of filmmaking. We make Westerns. That's all we do. We make Westerns. And the people who had all of these Westerns and were throwing out all these movies, eventually the bubble broke. And for a while, it was like, you can't sell a Western. When in you know the 1970s, they started making them again. People are like, you can't sell a Western. And then it started working. And then it, it eventually kind of folded into the point where if you talk about like Silverado, Silverado is kind of a weird comedy film that's also a Western. You get these movies like Unforgiven, which is a big, giant, roaring revenge pick, but it's also a Western. And I feel like that's probably the closest analog that I've seen to what the superhero movie, what people call the comic book movie, is probably going to become. You can't constantly adapt existing characters. It's not, it's not going to work. There aren't enough big league characters we're starting to see now people are like already oh this rocket raccoon this is the end of everything <laughs> if you make 15 or 20 marvel movies over the next 15 or 20 years you're going to get to the point where your movie is going to be texas twister and the armadillo you ha you're going to see this going into different places and we've already seen things like the matrix like looper like, uh, what was that stupid Hayden Christensen movie where he was a teleporter? Jumper. 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 That was a yeah. great movie. Superpowers, <laughs> defined as old school superhero superpowers, are becoming just a tool that you can put in any movie. You can throw those in. And I think that when people worry that if Avengers 2 flops, we'll never have another good movie, we'll never have another superhero movie, or if Superbat and Man Man is a terrible movie, and, you know, Gal Gadot and Jesse Eisenberg, by the way, once again, I, I, I found a charming website that explained why Gal Gadot and Jesse Eisenberg together meant that this movie was going to come apart at the scenes. Oh, classic. That's, classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gentleman was a real winner. And by the way, there's only one W in it. But um, when you go through and you look at this, people are worried about that. I think that you're going you're going to see more Batman movies. You're going to see more Superman movies, regardless of whether mm -hmm. this movie does well. You're going to see a Wonder Woman movie, even if Superman, Batman tanks. Maybe not what they planned or when they planned, but we're going to see a live-action Wonder Woman movie eventually. We'll probably see another Dick Tracy movie. We'll probably see, you know, we might see another Rocketeer movie or a decent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. These things are, yeah, are, are out it. there. Well, I'm not saying the Michael Bay one will be it. Okay. But yeah. but 30 years down the line from the origin of the Turtles, you figure. They'll, th at this point, what was it? It was four years between the end of, of, of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy and the relaunch of a new Spider-Man film. Mm -hmm. I think we will probably, even if Bay's Turtles flops, we'll probably see another Turtles before the end of the next uh, decade. Well, and, and, and Ninja Turtles is a particularly um, kind of virulent example of that because they get repackaged with the quickness. I mean, mm -hmm. as soon as one series is over, they're already working on the next one. The Ninja mm -hmm. Turtles, as, uh, outside of comics, the Ninja Turtles are more uh iterative iter iterative i don't know than 
than Batman. I mean, you know, there's always like some Batman property in production, but the Ninja Turtles, I think, have had more frequent revamps and relaunches and kind of stuff going on at any given point. Than almost anyone else, especially Did if you, you count all the comic or no, the uh, cartoon series that are constantly. Sure. Did you ever yeah. see Turtles yeah. Forever? Mm-hmm. It was Crisis on Infinite Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> it was I mean, the, the Turtles from 2000 teaming up with the Turtles from my childhood to fight. Like it was, it was awesome. Yeah, and it it it, it it's exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying. Those characters keep getting you know revamped and reworked and played with, but. The fact that you made a Val Kilmer Batman movie that was not well received did not stop them from making another Batman movie. And what was it? Okay, how long was it between Batman Forever and, um, or what was the last one? Batman and Friends? Batman and Robin. Batman and Friends. Three or four years. Three or four years. Okay. And then how long was it after the Joel Silver movie until they did uh, Batman Begins? Ten years. Ten years. So. Ten years, the, a movie that is wild, widely considered one of the worst superhero flicks ever, killed the Batman franchise for about a decade. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're looking at a thing where I, I really think that people are worried because they're afraid that Superman will go away. No, if the happen. movie is uh, bad. Look, here's the here's the thing that to kind of keep people at rest this week. Justice League War arrives on DVD. I saw this a couple of weeks ago. It was already available on iTunes. Bought it, watched it. Watched it with a boy. He loved it. Got There's some great gross-out moments when they're fighting Darkseid. Um, so a little sweary. I got to warn you, you parents. It's a little sweary in spots. Swearing in a Justice League? Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm serious. It's like, oh, is it, is it's it, like uh, is kick it Superman, his ass. It's like is it Superman his... trying to uh, open the Matrix of Leadership? No, no, no. It, but I mean, there's... <laughs> Damn I mean, it, open! There's words like damn, kick his ass, kick his butt... Um, kick is a very bad swear. Well, you know when you say ass, kick his ass. That that gets a little bit uh, pushy on I'll that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you um, where to stick that batarang. You know they say. <laughs> I think they say damn a couple of times. Um, but it, it's it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. And here's the thing: even if the live action movies flop, what they're doing on the the Warner Brothers, what they're doing on the movie side, of the animated movie side is fantastic and it's home video release and I'm sure the numbers aren't nearly what a uh, live action box office movie brings oh, in sure, yeah. but I'm going to bet the budget isn't also as, as large either and yeah. I bet there's a good profit margin or they would have stopped making those a long time ago and they are really good and they continue to put out good content and they're just pumping those out oh yeah like uh, you've got four a year at least one every quarter and now my understanding is with the release of Justice League War after the Flashpoint Paradox uh, one just before it now we're firmly into the new 52, and now they're going to start making all of the animated movies more of a shared universe um, than ever before. Oh, man. And so people who are worried about their superhero movies going away, as long as there are kids around, as long as there's toys to be made, there's going to be animated versions of these things, and your animated heroes or your superheroes are going to live in that way. I also think, too, what we mentioned a little bit ago is that there are going to be um, – you know, comic book adaptations that you don't know are comic books because they're not superhero comic books. So uh, to say that comic book movies are going to go away also, I think, is, is a bit of a, of a misnomer there. How, how deep into the, the uh, New 52 catalog do you think Warner Brothers is going to dive in with animated? you think they're going to give, give oh, Aquaman his own, his own movie? I think that Aquaman is. Aquaman Cyborg. Is, dive at all, man. Aquaman is like just the, the bottom of the top tier. You get down to like Blue Devil. Yeah, yeah. That would be you interesting. You get down to your, your Hawk and Dove. There yeah. is, there is though. Um, I would say there's like dead spots 
as far yeah. as that goes, right? So you think about your tears and who gets to be in the Justice League and stuff. Like Aquaman has always had a lot of bad press. So even though he's a very popular hero, I would say they're likely to skip him for, um, especially someone like Cyborg, who they're mm-hmm. like moving up. Yeah, to that's who's in there. And you know, they also Cyborg. moved. Uh, they also moved uh, uh, Shazam up into the ranks of the Justice League this time, which I thought like, was fascinating. Um, as soon as as soon as enough heat gets turned up on them, rightfully so, they'll launch a Black Canary movie long mm-hmm. before they launch an Aquaman. Movie. There was the cliff the cliffhanger for Justice League War. Even though I know the next movie is uh, Batman and Son, the next movie that's that's going to come out is probably going to feature Aquaman quite prominently because of the way Justice League War ends. Um, it's really cool. Uh, and they, are, are they following the comics pretty tight on this? I, you know, I didn't finish out that series to see how they uh, how they dealt with Darkseid, mm-hmm. um, but they they kicked Five his butt. Says there's a boom tube involved. No, no, there is, and I, and I and I'm pretty sure it followed the because the first half of what I had read of that just a Justice League series followed along very closely in the uh, in the adaptation. So I, I think that it, it follows along very faithfully. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So go check that out. So it has no Justice ending League too. War. Um, no, it has, it has an ending and there's a, there's a Superman moment that kind of surprised me. Um, but again, I don't know how it played out in the comic book cause I didn't get that far into the series. Um, but it kind of surprised me and, and people, once you see it this week, um, hit me up and you'll know what I'm talking about it's on Twitter at major spoilers. Um, one more quick topic before we get out of here this week, because it's one that's been sitting here on our, uh, topic, uh, pool for a while. Uh, because of the snow day today, the oldest was sitting around playing Xbox and he was playing the Lego Marvel superhero, whatever it is awesome. game, which is a fun game. I mean, it is really awesome. And the depth and breadth of the characters that you get to interact with fight and play is fantastic. And, uh, I got a, uh, PS Vita or as my son says, the PS Vita, um, <laughs> And I got the exact same game on that because I was like, well, you know, he keeps grabbing the controller out of my hand whenever I sit down to play it on the Xbox. I'll play it here on the Vita and uh, and uh, go to town with it. But the thing that I recognize, Rodrigo, is while it's the same kind of theme, the games are totally different from one another. Right. Why is that? Um, I think that that sort of thing happens a lot. Um Especially when you go from home consoles to portable consoles. And it really depends on the game. Sometimes a fairly simple game will be like uh, sort of approved internally by the company for a large console release, which allows you to have a portable version that's very similar. Right. I mean, it's very similar. It's got the same cutscenes. But as far as the missions that you go on, they're really different from one another. And and that's a, that's a, a matter of like space and processing power, right? The, the large consoles, the home consoles, are always trying to push the envelope as far as what they can do, sure. and they use that as a selling point. It's like this has three three trillion gigs of RAM. <laughs> it processes things faster than real time. You know, stuff like that. So the portable consoles, which are also pushing the envelope for portable consoles, just don't have that space, right? The reason why a home console is, I don't know, this like a, a, a foot by a half by a quarter is that that's like the, 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 the upper limit of that hardware while still being sellable. It's the same thing with the small consoles. They just don't have the space 
to do like the latest new thing. But aren't but aren't um, they? I mean, I mean, didn't you have the same experience with your with your nephews uh, over the over the holiday break? I did. Um, my my nephews. Uh, one of them got the um, Skylander Swap Force game for mm-hmm. the 3DS, right. and the other one got Lego Infinity for the 3DS. And both of those games are. Dra- actually, uh, Skylanders is a drastically reduced version. Um, it's actually it's actually literally a different game, but the gameplay oh, wow. is very similar to the other Skylanders Swap Force stuff. Um, the Disney Infinity is completely a different game. Yeah, um, it's basically if you're familiar with Mario Party, mm-hmm. it's a lot more like Mario Party. Um, you kind of load up three characters and they're like your little group and you go around and you roll dice and you uh, do stuff. It's a terrible game. It's like <laughs> the the gameplay of it is really difficult. Um, it's hard to tell what you're supposed to like. The rules of the little board game that you're moving on are actually weirdly, really complicated. Huh. Like you kind of go around and around and around trying to collect things. But if you like overroll, you don't get to go back. Like it's really... It's just like simultaneously complicated and hard to play. Um, and there's only so much that, uh, um, I don't know, having Mike Wazowski in your party does for you. <laughs> I guess my, I guess my disappointment and a lot of times with the games and the game consoles, and I think I have a theory why, um, when we had Skylanders on the Wii, I always thought that the graphics were lacking. And now that we're playing it on Xbox sure. One, it's like, holy crap, look what we're missing out on. Oh, yeah. No, and, the low. And, you know, again, I don't know, you know, the, I, I know that there are some graphic differences between systems and capabilities, as you were saying, Rodrigo. But I think there's another reason why they make these games different. Because they want you to buy every version of this game. Buy it for your Xbox. Buy it for your PS4. Buy it for the uh, the, the, the Vita. Buy it for your, your Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be a different experience, and I think you have different stuff, right? And you're going to be paying what sixty bucks uh, for each one of these games, which I think is outrageous, truly, truly I, outrageous. I think, <laughs> I think that stuff might well be a marketing move, but I don't know that that happens as much as you think. Well, Certainly, the the Steven Schleikers and Scott Johnsons of the world are um, picking up two consoles <laughs> at a time and playing right. both of them. But the but the Zacon films of the world that is your last name, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's um, my full name. Cool. I legally get, changed it last summer. <laughs> it's who get film. who get a who get a secondhand console right. from their uh, from their friends who just upgraded um, aren't necessarily going to do that. And the other thing is that if you look at the games, the games across large consoles are actually not that different. Because it would require like a whole other development team, right? So they try to keep them as close as possible so the same people are working on them. But I think the Wii is actually a big example of that where the specs of the console were different enough from its uh, contemporaries that a lot of the games are very different. If you look at the Green Lantern... um, I forget what the subtitle was. The Green Lantern movie game, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, On the Wii... On the cover, it looks different. It's like a lot more simplified, cartoonier character than like the hyper realistic, uh, uh, what's his name? Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, a guy from the Xbox and PlayStation. Same thing with the Ghostbusters game. The Ghostbusters Wii game, they're like super cartoony. In the other game, they're like stylized, but, but not quite as much. 
Um, and it's just because the, the Wii had these like drastically different specs and mm-hmm. was focusing on other things. Like even the gameplay aspect of it is completely different from the PlayStation and Xbox 360. I guess what I was hoping for, even if I didn't buy multiple consoles, even if we just had the PlayStation, uh, the PS4 and the, and the Vita, I would have, I was hoping that I could take my save point on the console and because everything's wireless, save, move that over to the Vita, pop into the car, drive down the highway and continue playing the game. Sure. Well, that's, you know, that's always the with the with the Wii U, you can't get down on the highway, but you can do that with the pad. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, the well, you know, with Skylanders, you can you the the stuff that you yeah sure the, get the, the level that you sure. get on the character, you can actually play aclo- across platforms. But yeah, and I think that um, I don't know if it's if the Vita and the uh, PlayStation being able to talk to each other is a feature that exists in just. Um, well, they're two totally different uh, games in, in how they're played, so there's no way that you sure, can sure. But but um, if it's not crazy, right? It's not crazy to say, okay, well, we we're going to link up the home version and the traveling version. They're going to be two different games, but stuff that you get in one gives you a bonus in the other mm-hmm. after you synchronize them in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, that's not a crazy thing to do. But you can't really expect for both of them to be uh, the same game while simultaneously taking full advantage of especially the large home consoles. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, well it's, it's been over a decade since we bought consoles in this house. So, you know, yeah. moving into that into that new era of gaming is a different experience. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I honestly don't remember how long ago it was. It was several iterations of SmackDown ago. But I had my PS3, and I'm like, doopy, doopy, doop. And you go through, and they have the unlock codes. They actually had a version of the game where in order to unlock everybody, you had to buy, and this will probably tell you how long ago it was, you had to buy the PSP version of the Mm -hmm, game mm -hmm. to unlock Jake the Snake Roberts. And unless you had the PSP version and then transferred it over, you didn't get Jake the Snake Roberts and 100% completion. And it was one of those things where I'm like, on the one hand, this was extremely frustrating for me because I'm a fan of Jake the Snake and I wanted to kick his ass. But on the other hand, I started thinking about how brilliant that was. Well, I mean, that kind of started with the uh, with the Pokemon games, right? Where you had to mm-hmm. buy the two different versions of the game in order to catch them all. And then yeah, you yeah. could battle with one another. And I mean, that still goes on right, today. Right. And didn't they get to, and again, didn't they get to the point where it's you had to buy one of the uh, 3DS systems to have the different game or to get a certain Pokemon or something? Well, that, eventually, oh, eventually, like this latest Pokemon game. Black and white? Is, or is uh, there another no. one? No, X and Y. Oh, X and Y, okay. I think it's orange and blue. Pokemon orange and blue. This one came out for the 3DS, so it's the it's a next generation thing. Mm-hmm. You can still, you can transfer your Pokemon from one to the other during, you know, by essentially getting a friend to help you transfer stuff. And I think this one specifically does allow you to talk to the uh, black white um, version. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all like Pokemon games have always had some sort of way to communicate with other games that are in the same um uh, console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not 
I mean, it's not crazy. Um, so, so yeah, to get the the newest Pokemon, you do need a 3DS because that's that's the platform that the game is in. Yeah. All right, it's it's a little weird. Uh, I think we better it wrap is. it up there. <laughs> I think we better wrap it up there. Thank you so much, listeners, for being a part of this. Uh, thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, because requested by one of our listeners, we're going to go ahead and tackle it. Batman Odyssey is what we'll be doing next week. Uh, there are a lot of other shows coming up in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Be on the lookout for the uh, Munchkin Land. This week, a Munchkin Minute, where we're asking you to create some... Uh, Munchkin cards based on Critical Hit, a major spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Of course, new episode of that coming out this weekend as well. Uh, we've got uh, the Magic Minute. If you want to find out about the ins and outs of Magic the Gathering, I find that uh, a fascinating uh, little podcast. Very short. Uh, we also have, of course, Wayne's Comics podcast. We've got Zach on film, a very short one coming up this week. We didn't think that Zach was going to be here, but because of the weather, everything got uh, changed around. So a short Yay. Zach on film this week. And then a dueling review later this week and a whole lot more. Am I missing anything? Um, I think that's um, it. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Um, I'm sure I missed something. Munchkin Land, Magic Minute, Major Spoilers, Critical Hit, Wayne's, Wayne's Comics, Zach on Film, comics. Critical Hit. That should be seven. Um, that's what we got. Okay. And that's yeah. what we have. Um, All part of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Uh, what are you doing else? Uh, what's going on in the rest of your world this week, Zach? Uh, this week, uh, basketball this weekend. Okay. Uh, once we get done recording tonight, I'm going to, uh, jump over and play a little video game action. Get a little Zach plays video up on the YouTube page. Okay. Major spoilers so video. That. Is that, is that channel that you can go check out? Zach, yep. what is your, uh, Twitter? My Twitter you? handle is at Z wolf with, uh, two O's. And no E. Okay. Because and the other no Z-Wolf hates that. Yeah. Matthew, what about you? What's going on in your world this week? Uh, Well, I'm locked in my house with snow and a, an angry widget. Okay. And a small a small tiger that's uh, colored like a cow. If people want to follow your uh, daily postings of, um, of uh, <laughs> Ash, How I Met Ash Your Mother pictures, comic books. they can follow all, you not, at Twitter. How I Met Your Mother pictures. They can follow me at Mighty King Cobra. That's mighty with a G. King with a G. Cobra does not have a G. All one word. Capitalize the K. See if it confuses anybody. And Rodrigo, what's going on in your world this week? Um, I'm not sure. The snow is kind of generating issues at work. Um, I just finished uh, Mass Effect 2 after playing Mass Effect 1. Cool. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play Mass Effect 3. I played the demo and I the uh, I think that um, Mass Effect 2 was an improvement over Mass Effect 1. But I, after playing Mass Effect 3 in the demo, I'm like, I think it's a step. In a, in, it's a lateral step that I don't like. I a lot mm. of people were upset with Mass Effect 3. Yeah, and I think a lot of people hated the ending, yeah. and I think they changed it, so if I do get the game, that'll probably be like, oh, hang on while we load up a new ending, because I yeah. think they, they, they literally did change it. I think they did, too. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. There's something about that. I, I played the demo, and it's like, between 1 and 2, like, Things change drastically, but the beginning of the game is you playing why change things why things change drastically. Between two and three, if the demo is to be believed, like it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That we don't talk about that stuff that happened in the <laughs> second game, which sucks because so far that's 
probably the one I like the most between one and two. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, if, if you guys out there have played it and think that I'd like it, um, leave it, leave it in the comments, <laughs> but I'm on, I'm, I'm unlikely to pick that one up. And if people want to follow your rants and raves about your uh, video game uh, playing, where can they follow you at? They can find me at Fearsome Critter, uh, all one word, no hyphens or anything weird like that, um, on Twitter. And I also have a Tumblr, which is uh, Magic Turtle, all one word, <laughs> dot, dot Tumblr.com. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. Once again, you can follow me at Major Spoilers. Next week, Batman Odyssey. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. When you think about a better way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, rich like a man of iron, might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Shot up in a fine be in the middle east with a king santo and soldier what a major spoiler what a major spoiler yeah 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 what a major spoiler whoa 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 what a major spoiler